everybody. Welcome to the Masterful Collaborations podcast brought to you by GMCC in partnership, of course, with the many people and organizations that help bring forth an equitable structure for collaboration and power sharing in areas of food, youth, and well-being. GMCC is gearing up for Women's History Month here in March and gearing up for the real privilege to celebrate some of the great women leaders in our community, those leaders who are both out in front and behind the scenes doing masterfully collaborative work in areas of social impact uh, that GMCC is committed to shining more light upon. And, uh, and today we are honored to have someone who is, uh, she doesn't even know this, but she's very near and dear to my heart, uh, dating almost 20 years ago, dating back almost 20 years ago, uh, as a father of, at the time, four elementary school basketball playing daughters uh, who were admirably watching our guest, uh, today's guest, coach the University of uh, Minnesota women's basketball team to their first Final Four appearance all the way back in 2004. I can still picture all of the little Peterson girls in front of the television <laughs> with their holy name of Jesus basketball uniforms on, just transfixed, <laughs> transfixed on the television. I am, of course, uh, talking about today's guest, Pam Borton, uh, the most winningest basketball coach at the University of Minnesota. Not the most winning uh, women's basketball coach, people. This is where we're talking about any basketball here. So uh, who has since parlayed uh, that very successful uh, career uh, of, in coaching into an equally impactful vocation of true service uh, in the professional realm as an executive coach and consultant uh, as the founder of Pam Borden Partners um, in the community sector as the founder of the Empower Leadership Academy, which provides leadership programs and experiences for girls grade five through college, and in the literary sector as the author of two books, uh, the latest of which just came out earlier this year, titled The Crooked Rim, uh, which is a book about empowerment, resilience, and, uh, and I'm going to quote this from the publisher's blurb here, uh, helping readers perform like a corporate athlete to manage elevated expectations and insurmountable stress which when I read that, I'm like, okay, this is a book for our time <laughs> for right now. It could not be, mm -hmm. could not be better time. So anyway, so much more that I could say about her, but let's hear it from her instead. Welcome Pam Borden to the Masterful Collaborations podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. And what an introduction and one that really touched my heart from everything that you said wasn't the winningest basketball coach at the, in the history, but it was your four daughters, your four <laughs> elementary daughters, yes. um, you know, watching, you know, on TV or in the stands, um, just other, other powerful women play uh, at the highest level. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Well, and it, it really, I still remember that Betsy and I both remember that uh, day. In fact, it, it's such a treat uh, for me to be talking to you. They all wish they were here. They're, they're all, of course, now off in college and working and doing very impressive things as for young women now. But uh, but Betsy was like, can I can I sit in uh, on this <laughs> with ma'am? Because, you know, it was just such a, such a great memory. And just, you know, the, the real influence that that whole period had on them uh, as, as little, you know, basketball players, but really looking up to you and that whole team and really the example that you set. So that, that was just fantastic. And, and I know you are, you're defined by so much more uh, than sports, but um, a little topical, timely nature. I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, just stay in the sports thing just for, a, just for another second, because mm -hmm. just earlier this week, 
uh, a fairly landmark settlement uh, was reached between U.S. soccer and the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association to essentially settle up on millions of dollars in back pay and then agree to this cool plan about time plan uh, going forward that will equalize pay between men's and uh, men, uh, the men's and women's clubs. Um, now, I realize your your sport you know, was, was different at basketball uh, and at the college level, but I have to imagine when that news came out uh, earlier this week and just that whole cause, that, that has to be something that probably resonated fairly loudly with you, given your, given your background and your experience. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think it was, um, you know, definitely a milestone. Uh, you have to give it, you have to give it up to those, um, those women who have been fighting for so many years and just really advocating for, um, not just proven success and all of the, I think they won, they've won four world cups and, they're always on the national stage, whereas the men's they're they're not even on the stage or even close to being the sta- on the stage. And um, you know what an accomplishment! You know I think it's a great um, it's a great step in the right direction. There is still so much more work to do um, with mm-hmm. now the coaches' salaries being equal, other sports and um, being equal as well. But it what a um, what what an accomplishment for for women. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you think about, you know, equity and, you know, and as we think about women's history month here where, you know, there've been so many women throughout time who have fought for their version of equity in whatever time they, they were fighting in, um, how, for you personally, how, how much has that, that whole really inequity, um, you know, between men and women, you know, how much do you feel like that has, you know, kind of cloaked your work? You know, I mean, you've, you know, your day job is to coach or your day job is to do whatever. Um, but because you, you know, you are a woman doing it and because you were, you know, like coaching women, do you feel like, was that always something that was this sort of like tape playing in the background or, 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 and then, and how did that, I imagine it was, and how did that affect just the, just the work? Oh, I mean, it was, it was something every day. I mean, spending yeah. almost 30 years in college, um, women's basketball at the highest level. I mean, you were, um, you, you were challenged by your administration. You were challenged by the men's coach. You were challenged by, um, the external environment and the noise of you, you know, you don't deserve any more than what you're getting. Um, you're challenged every single day by seeing um, other programs and, you know, men's sports um, getting more, um, quote, deserving more. Um, and so, you know, obviously as the adult, you know, there was a pang, there was always like a, you know, it felt like a knife to your gut, you know, every single day that you just had to keep fighting and keep advocating. But then you're coaching young women. You're mm-hmm. coaching young women, and they're seeing and feeling and um, taking the back seat, you know, through all of these years. And like, well, why don't we get this? And so you're always explaining mm-hmm. why teaching, mentoring, you know, setting an example, um, you know, continuing to fight and push, you know, push that, um, push that line as much as you can for their opportunities and what's fair for them. So it was a constant battle, constant, um, fight. And, you know, as a coach, I just felt like I always had to do more. I had to do more to 
get a nice locker room. I had to do more to get my um, athletes um, uniforms every year. Mm. And, um, or if, if not, they weren't, they weren't going to get it. Yeah. And which is so basic, like uniforms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah. yeah. Well, and you were so, like I said in the intro and obviously throughout all the, those years, I mean, you're such a role model for so many people who, like, who did you look to? Like, who were your role models? You know, whether it was as an adult, you know, when you're going through this and, and you know, really forging this this path, or maybe even growing up, like, who were, who were some women that stood out to you that that really were your sort of like, you know, kind of your little strength, you know what I mean? To, to, to kind of get through those, those times. Well, obviously it's easy to say that, you know, my, my mom and, yeah. and my grandmother and my grandmother, there were my role models as far as so many like values and integrity and work ethic. But I think in the profession, you know, you, you go back and it was the, it was Pat head summit. It was mm-hmm. an individual like that, that paved the way, and really set the bar, set the bar for what success looks like. And, you know, really, you know, if you want to get here, this is what you have to do. And so, you know, she was always, um, you know, that, that, that carrot, like, here's the standard, here's the gold standard. And so, you know, all of us other coaches, male or female, like, if you want, if you want to be the best, this is what you have to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't easy for her. And, but, you know, I think from a distance and I, I got to coach against her and uh, obviously watch, get to meet her and spend some time with her. But that was, you know, my, my role model in the yeah. sport. Yeah. When did you realize, like, how far back does it go for you? Because, you know, obviously there's a lot of different paths that people can take just in life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know school and work and, and after. Um, but you are, you know, you were either blessed or cursed with this leadership <laughs> gene, right? So mm-hmm. this is just how you're built. And, you know, there's so many things that test you along the way. Your values change um, as you get older and, you know, your why and your purpose and your meaning in life continues to change. Um, and the legacy that you start thinking about and the mark that you want to leave on the world, you know, I, I think it just continues to change like every decade that you live in until, you know, I knew I wanted to coach at this level when I was in my 20s. And then in my 30s, I knew I wanted to coach at a school that had a chance to went to go to a, a Final Four. And in my 40s, I think that's when you finally in your mid-40s, you kind of wake up and you're like, this is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about impact, difference, legacy. And then when you get beyond your forties, then you start like, you know, how, how many more people can you impact instead of just one at a time? And, you know, I think that's a big reason why I do what I do. I get to coach executives and they're coaching hundreds and thousands of people that have little tentacles out there and the audiences that I speak to, um, you just, you know, as you said, you're either blessed or cursed that, you know, I just have this passion for, um, you know, leaving a mark on people's lives and making a difference uh, for them personally and professionally. Yeah. Uh, this latest book that, that you wrote talks a lot about resilience and and the connections that, you know, you saw as a, as a coach in the kind of the sporting kind of domain to, to in those applications that are really, you know, whether it's in the business context or just life in general. When did you start 
as a coach, you know, so on the first chapter of the, of the career, when did you, when did you start realizing that, okay, what I'm doing here, like, yeah, I might be in this specific uh, and literal arena uh, of competition, <laughs> but what you're, what you're, what you're leading, what you're learning, what you're doing really has application outside of that mm-hmm. domain. When, 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 when did that come to you? I think you really realize that when you're in the heat of the moment and you are um, under fire and, you know, it, it, you know, the pressure's on and the spotlight is on you. And, you know, it was the University of Minnesota, you know, in the barn between those four lines with mm-hmm. 14,625 people watching you do your job and, and the millions of people that are watching you perform your job on national television. And, you know, you know, thank goodness I won a lot of games, but, um, you know, there's also those, those years that you didn't do very well and those games that you should have won or you should have won by more points (laughs) that people judge you and things are in the paper and things are on the blogs and social media that that's when I'm just like, Oh my goodness. Now this is a whole different ball game. This is a whole different level. Yeah. of resilience and belief in yourself and yeah. um but you got tested every day your your confidence got tested your belief in yourself got tested but it was the best thing for me um for me to get stronger and uh, more resilient um build more optimism and that i can help my leaders you know build those qualities today yeah, yeah. Well, and I would imagine that that the the work that you're doing with executives and and people, you know, that are that are leading in their own industries and sectors, they're able to really appreciate the the connections that you can make back to those days coaching and you know, they they understand things like metaphor and all these kinds of things. But I but you do a lot of work with young uh, younger girls, younger mm-hmm. just kids, uh, you know, your leadership academy that I mentioned, but you're also, you know, you're out speaking to high schools and, and, and younger. How, how does the message, I mean, the principles all still apply, but how do you, uh, how do you make that connection with younger girls, with younger you know, boys for that matter? And, or, or do you find that they get it too? No, it, you know, it's the same message, but you just have to bring it down to their level and just explain it a little bit more. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's helping them understand that these are tools and strategies that, that, you know, I wish I had those things when I was that age. Mm-hmm. You can apply these when you get to high school, when you get to college, when you get out of college and you go to your jo- your first job, it's, it's really, um, you know, especially those athletes is like, why do you play the game? And they, and it's amazing because they've never stopped to think about why they play soccer or why they play basketball or why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And I think when they realize, you know, this is why I play, this is why, um, you know, they can connect it to something bigger. So when things aren't going well, it's, you know, that helping them build confidence and, you know, when I lose my confidence or that self doubt that's going on in their minds and how to develop optimism and how important relationships are and just giving them a deeper um, understanding of how everything that they're doing is so important and how 
and just kind of connecting the dots and putting the pieces together for them mm -hmm. um, helps them develop a mindset, helps them develop that championship mindset to overcome those um, naysayers or that doubt that will creep into their minds. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So do you find that, 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 I mean, you, your, your books, your, your speaking, I mean, you've got so much material and so many lessons and so much advice, you know, that, that can be these, these great, you know, I think of like rock climbing, there are all these great like handholds, you know, for people to grab onto. Um, but do you find that, is it that why, is it that purpose? Is that kind of like, is that like the one, like if you could only give one piece of advice, you know, whether it's to a six-year-old or a 60-year-old, does it, does it bubble up into that? Or is there a different thing, like a central theme that if you could only say the one thing, uh, like this is it? I would say that's it. Yeah. I would say if you're an individual, if you're a team, any team, I mean, I'm not just talking about sports teams. You're a sales team. You're an executive team. If you can, you know, if you can dig down deep and what is the purpose and meaning of why you do what you do, you can connect it back to something bigger than just yourself and your team. You can connect it to, you know, every stakeholder that you work with and um, you can make everyone in the company from the front line to the CEO connect to uh, really why they're doing what they're doing so they can connect it to something bigger. Yeah. And it's so powerful today. It's, you know, it's more important, especially in the 21st century, more important than the mission statement or your values um, is really finding that purpose and meaning is key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I just recently, I, I heard a great, uh, I can't remember who said it now, but that was something around, um, pe people have, uh, they live two lives. Uh, they live their first life. Uh, and then their second life kicks in, uh, when they realize, uh, why the first life was there in the first place or something like that. It was some, mm -hmm. some notion like that, that you basically kind of have to, mm -hmm. uh, and that's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of the same sentiment. So that's great. All right. Well, Hey, you've been so generous with your time. Um, we have one last question and this is a question that we're asking all of our, uh, women leaders here, uh, for, uh, women's history month. Um, and so, uh, and then you'll be you'll be duly judged on your answer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, no so this is a fun one here. So if you could spend, the question is, if you could spend the day uh, with, it's actually a little bit of a two-part question. So if you could spend the day with any other woman in history, okay, uh, who, uh, first part, who would it be? And how would you spend the day? So you've got a whole day. You can do whatever you want. Uh, so who is it going to be with? And, uh, and what are you going to do? I would say, you know, I would say, you know, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. You know, she's so inspirational, has so many stories, has met so many people. Um, she gives back to to others. Um, she's a pay it forward, um, you know, a pioneer, have, has paved the way, has been through. Her life has been full of resilience and, and so many ups and downs. Um, you know, I probably could spend a week with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I would, I would, I would say, um, and it's not just because of the memory of 20 years ago with our daughters watching you on TV, but I would say that with confidence, you are, uh, you provide that you provide the Oprah experience for people that you, uh, that you, um, cross paths with and who are lucky enough to be working with you. So anyway, I want to thank, thank you, you so much, Pam. Uh, this has really been a treat. Uh, I've got now five Peterson 
women here who are going to be very uh, <laughs> excited to listen to this <laughs> after I edit out all of my ramblings. It'll be a very tight little uh, episode here. So I just want to thank you again for joining us on the, the GMCC Masterful Collaborations podcast. And we look forward to seeing all the great work that is ahead for you. Thank you so much, Jeff.